Hello, and welcome to College Planning Simplified. I'm your host, Arielle Villanueva from Advantage College Planning. More than ever, people are looking for guidance to navigate through the college admissions process. On this show, I sit down with admissions reps and consultants to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies to take advantage of so you can simplify college planning. In this episode of College Planning Simplified, I talk with Gina Wilner from our team at Advantage College Planning. Thanks for joining us today, Gina. Yay, thanks for having me. I know this is going to be a timely discussion. Yes. Because it's that time of year when colleges are releasing their decisions for early application pools, and students will usually receive one of potentially three decisions, right? Yep. And acceptance, which they're super excited about. And we've been getting a lot of those. And we're really happy for our students. A denial, which bummer, but we kind of keep on moving, right? Or a deferral. And that's what we're going to talk about today is the deferral process. So I have a few questions for you, Gina, but I think it could be helpful to first start by sharing with our listeners, what does a deferral mean? Yeah, that's that's a good place to start. It's important to understand this higher ed language and lingo that we use. So if a student is deferred from a college, if that's the admissions decision that they receive, it does not mean that they have been denied. It just also doesn't mean that they've been admitted. It means you have to wait a little longer. It means the college is saying, we're not ready to make a decision yet on your application. We need a little more time. We need a little more information. We're just not ready yet. So a decision is coming, but we just haven't made one yet. So it's kind of still waiting. Yeah. And application numbers, I feel like, are yeah. we saying this every year? It's just every year. It's like they're yeah. up, right? They, yep. they're just continuing to trend up. So more applications are coming into the colleges the spots really aren't changing, right? The class mm-hmm. size is not dramatically like there's a college isn't increasing their enrollment by like a thousand students. So that makes it more limited. And, and a lot of schools choose to defer their students to the regular pool um, for a lot of reasons, which we'll talk about, but that we see those large numbers of students being deferred. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was looking at a school the other day that deferred like 70% oh my gosh. Of, the, of their applicants. Like <laughs> I'm always in favor of like, let's try to make the decision early on, but there could be reasons mm-hmm. why. Yeah. Um, so can you share with our listeners, like why do colleges take the opportunity to defer students versus deny them in that early action pool? Yeah, good question. So, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why a student could be deferred. Some of those reasons have to do with the student specifically, and some of those reasons have absolutely nothing to do with the student and are completely out of the student's control. So it could be that the student, when they applied to the college, all of their materials didn't arrive by the materials deadline. 
Mm. So maybe they got their application in and their transcript in, but their test scores that they were sending that they wanted to use didn't arrive or their letters of recommendation didn't arrive by the deadline. And so if all of the materials aren't received by the specific deadline, then the student automatically just gets bumped back to the later deadline for later application review because everything's not there. So that's why we keep coming back to the importance of students checking their email, which I know feels really weird to high school students. They're not on email. They're not, you know, constantly checking their email. I see how many unread messages you all have. But if colleges are reaching out to you and you've applied, it's on the student to make sure that they're checking the, their email and making sure that if the college is asking them for something, they're getting it to them quickly. This is also why setting up and checking their individual college application portals after applying is so important because the student can see in their portal when a material has been received or if something is still outstanding and hasn't been received yet. And that gives the student some time to be able to you know, reach out, figure out why something hasn't been received or if something hasn't been submitted. And then the last piece is this just also really goes back to the point of it's not in your best interest to wait until the 11th hour to submit the application. Because for some colleges, the materials deadline is the same as the application deadline. Right. This is especially true for really competitive programs, honors programs, um, BSMD, like bachelor's of science slash medical degree programs. If you're applying to any of those, you have to have everything in by a specific date. And if you don't, you miss out. So that could be the first reason. Sometimes it's because a student has a really promising application. Everything looks great. Everything arrived. But the college just wants to see more information from the student. Or they might want to see the regular decision application pool and see what comes in there before making a decision on the student. Sometimes it's because maybe a student had a little bit of a bumpy academic record. Maybe sophomore year or first semester junior year weren't so great. Maybe the student had something going on that impacted their academics and they used the additional information section or even their personal essay to write about that and say, hey, here I had this thing going on. I've realized my mistakes. I've grown. I've matured. I've used these new strategies. All is going well now. That's amazing. But some colleges might want to see proof of that before they're ready to move forward and admit a student. They want to see that the student has grown from that mistake. And so they might want to see that first semester senior year transcript to really verify that the student is putting in the work that they're saying now that they're doing. And sometimes, honestly, it could be because a college received a really large increase in applications that maybe they weren't expecting for a specific given cycle and they just didn't get through them all. That happens yeah. where, you know, there are just so many applications and they only have so many staff in the admissions office and they really want to make sure they're giving students a proper review and really making intentional decisions on who they're admitting. And so in order to buy themselves a little bit more time so that they can not feel rushed and make decisions that they feel are best for their institution, they'll defer students because they quite literally haven't gotten through all the applications yet. Yeah. So it could be, could be things that the students have control over. It could be things that they don't, but that's why it's best to try to control the things that you can control and at least make sure all your materials arrive on time. 
That's true. When you reference the portal, it, I was working with a student the other day and it, it's just a nice reminder. Like we say the word portal, it's hard to explain to like parents what this is, but it manages everything and yeah. they didn't exist a few years no. ago. They they keep getting better. Mm-hmm. I find that every year when we log in to see the students' different portals, like they're adding so much to it. Events are in there now and communications are in there, obviously materials and items, um, but just like deeper ways to connect with the application process that we never from an admission standpoint, you and I like reading applications, it was never like that. Like right. so extensive to be able to share with a student right. um, the portal, but the portals also are helpful for uploading those materials because it makes it easy for the students too to like click in, they can upload the information right there in their portal. And then they know they have it. They don't have to worry about who, which email should I send it to? I'm not sure about if it's going to make it in time. Like, right it's in the portal, you are able to manage it. And I think that that is really neat for, for students. So definitely um, appreciate those, those different uh, (laughs) ways that, yeah, deferment can happen. Of course, I I know everyone's going to be wondering, like, if a student is deferred, can you walk through what the process is? Like, what should they do? Mm, Yeah. Like what should they do next? Yep. So, you know, the first thing they should do uh, always, I always tell students, the first thing you should do is feel your feelings, right? Yeah. Let's start with that. Like you had an outcome that you were hoping for that may or may not be different from the outcome you were expecting, but you have some emotional investment in this. And when you open up your portal, your application portal, and you see that you've been deferred, that's going to feel some kind of way, right? Depending on who you are. So the first thing is just feel your feelings. Allow yourself to feel however that is. Maybe you're relieved because you're still in the running. Maybe you're feeling disappointed, right? But feel those feelings. And then after you've had a chance to do that, do what the college is asking you to do. I cannot say this enough. I so love it. You're time. like tone changed. You were like, tone. now I'm talking directly to you. I'm talking to the students. Please <laughs> help yourself. Let me help you help yourself. So many times the students will see the admissions decision, feel their feelings, shut the screen, and then reach out to me and say, okay, now what? And yeah. my question is, well, what's the college asking you to do? So go back in the portal. Nine times out of 10, there's going to be an action step that that school is telling you to take. So let's start there. Read through the wording of the letter that is accompanying the decision and see what their calls to action are. Some schools are going to say, if you, you have been deferred, if you want to continue to be considered for regular decision admission at our school, you must click this button in your application portal by a specific date to let us know, yes, I want to still be uh, reviewed. And if you don't click this button by the specific date, your application will be withdrawn because we'll assume that you've moved on, you have other options, you don't really need us to review your application. So that's step one. Don't miss out on that opportunity. Then look to see what else they're asking for. There are some schools that will say, you know, if you have any new information for us that you would like us to review now is the time to submit it. So Mm -hmm. new information could be your, in law, very typically would be your first semester grades. And again, that's why those first semester senior year grades and courses are so important. I get a lot of questions from seniors saying, 
yeah, but colleges aren't really going to see my grades from senior year. So do I really have to take a challenging course load? Do senior grades really matter? And this, this is one of those situations where it does matter very much, because if you're taking a challenging course load senior year and you're performing well in those classes, that's a positive reflection on you when you have to send in that first semester transcript. Exactly. Um, Sometimes they'll also give you an opportunity to send in updated test scores. So maybe you ended up taking a late SAT or ACT and you never really got around to sending in the scores because you didn't really feel like you had to and you want to submit those. Or I think, Arielle, you were mentioning you had a student who was going to send in, maybe consider sending in scores they hadn't previously. Yes. in, In her portal, she had like, the college had shared, if you uh, previously did not consider sending in your test scores and would like to now, please do that Mm -hmm. here. And it was like a little form that you filled out, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was interesting too, for students who maybe are like, well, maybe I will send them in. Or to your point, they took a later date that was after maybe the deadline or the scores didn't make it back in time for the deadline. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was interesting. and, And that student was deferred and she was in her portal. That was actually at the bottom of the portal too. I'm always with my students. I'm like, Roll through the portal, yes, guys. We're gonna we're gonna go into the portal, and they'll open it up. And I'm like, okay, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Okay, I, I want to see everything. I want to read how they say it, so we yes. know exactly what to do. Because the meeting usually starts with like, yeah, they said I need to update this form in the portal, and I'm like, okay, well, what is the form about? I'm not sure. When does it do? I'm not sure. I'm like, great. Let's just pull up the portal. Can you just show me the portal? And we'll read it. So yes, that did actually just happen to me um, two days ago. Yeah. So yeah, so it could be test scores, right? But it's not only academics. So this is the other thing to remember is that, yes, they're reviewing your academics. Of course they are. But they're also looking at who are you as a person? Who, what is your character? What are your values? How are you involved in your community now? Because that gives them a little bit of an idea of how you'll be involved in their community. And that's really important. So this is also a great opportunity to update on any activities that you've been involved in that have been meaningful meaningful to you this semester. Maybe it's a new activity you've just picked up, or maybe it's a continuation of something that has already been included on your activity list. But if it's meaningful, you want to add that, any new awards, maybe you got a new part-time job, right? Any of that. So you just, you want to, to share anything new that you have to update. And then another thing that you want to do is probably go ahead and write something called a letter of continued interest. And so Mm. that's going to be another opportunity to share more about to the college. Hey, I'm still interested in your school. And here's a little summary of what I've been up to and why. Yeah. And I always get that question of like, will a letter of continued interest improve my Mm. chances of admission? So What do you usually say to students then? Yeah, so I'd say it can, right? For a couple of reasons. One is that it's it's an opportunity for the student to show the college that they're still genuinely invested in the potential of this opportunity and they're willing to take the initiative and action to continue to pursue the college. Right. So you've shown initiative by submitting your application, but now it's a little bit of a gut check. How interested are you really in this in this college? If you have to do an extra step, write an extra letter, do go out of your way to do an extra something else. 
are you willing to do that? Or are you feeling like, eh, I mean, I applied, but I don't really like it that much. So it's yeah. a little bit of a gut check for the student and for the college. So by submitting a letter of continued interest at the very base level, you're showing the college that you're going out of your way to take that initiative and take that next action step to show them, yeah, I'm still pursuing you. I'm still really interested in this opportunity. And then what you include in your letter of continued interest is where that's where kind of the magic happens, right? So if you write a really generic, straightforward letter of continued interest that could pretty much be copied and pasted and sent to any school in the country, which is exactly what we tell you not to do in your why us, I mean, it's not going to hurt, but that's not going to help, right? But if you write a letter of continued interest that shows your personality and tells them a little bit about what you've been up to, and then also goes and in a really detailed, specific way, reconfirms why this school was on your list to start with and why it's still on your list, calling out really unique and original and unique to that school opportunities that you're really excited about, and you can convey that in a letter, that could help you. Because what a lot of students and families don't understand is that in the application review process at a lot of schools, it is not straightforward and linear. Ariel applies to school X. At some schools, she'll go to the reader. The reader says yes, and she gets admitted. Boom. Easy, easy breezy. But at a lot of schools, it's a more of a swirl, right? So she goes to the first reader. The first reader makes some notes and says, I think she should be considered for admission. And then the next reader makes some notes and says, I'm not so sure. And then the third reader goes and looks in all the notes and they put their opinion and they say, I think she should be admitted. Okay, now she's back in the admit pile, right? And then the next time her application comes up for review, now she's in the defer pile. What we want to do is we want to continue to grow. We want Ariel to continue to grow on those readers. We want them to keep coming back to finding her file. There was something about this student, Ariel. There was something about her I just really liked. She's kind of grown on me. I like this about her. And oh, she submitted this letter. And now I'm getting to know more about her personality that I didn't know before. Yeah, I can see her here. That's what we're going for. And so that's where the letter of continued interest really can work for you and can help you. Does it guarantee you're going to be admitted? No, but it can help. And I would encourage students to send a letter of continued interest if the school wants them to every school that you've been deferred to that you're still interested in. I put that little asterisk of if the school still wants them because please read the directions in the letter going back to my initial statement of what you should do. Read what the college is asking you to do there are some schools that explicitly say a letter, letters of continued interest will not be read. We do not want letters of continued interest. We only want updated transcript. If that's the case, follow directions. They will be annoyed if you're sending them things that they've explicitly asked you not to send. But if they haven't made a comment about it, they haven't been explicit about it, then I would encourage submitting one. Two things come to mind when you said that. So the first is I was talking to a colleague the other day from an institution, and she was mentioning that the school had sent out an email for students to fill out a form. Mm -hmm. And the response that they got back from that form was very small, but they were tracking that as a part of their process. Um, So that's always something too. It's like, you never know what a school is looking for. So really read 
And then also this, this idea of being deferred, writing the letter. And then you said like, if the school wants it, but also if you're interested in the school. And I think this this reminder of this time when students are deferred to like, look back at their list of schools, Mm -hmm. they might have great institutions that they're really happy about. Um, and maybe they received like a scholarship for that institution. Um, so it makes me think a little bit more, but almost refines your list a bit. Do you see that? happening? I love that. Yeah, I definitely see that. And I, so again, I refer to that as gut check time, right? How, again, how much do you really care about this school? How do you feel at this point? This is a little a little sneak peek, right. Of what your outcome may be for your college admissions and what your options may be in May, right. To choose which school you want to attend. And how do you feel about the schools you've been admitted to so far? If you have some schools that are, are schools that you liked, and there's a good reason why you put them on your list and they've admitted you, and they've even given you some scholarship money, that school is saying, of course we want you at our school because you're amazing, and we see it, and we know it, and we want you here so much that we're even going to entice you with some funding, (laughs) right? right? That is how much we are invested as an institution. We are willing to already invest in your experience at our school because we think you're amazing, right? That's great if you already have some of those options. So instead of perseverating on too much on this one school that was like, well, we're just not quite ready to make a decision yet for whatever reason, we're kind of back and forth, continue to pursue it if you want to, right? If that's a school you still want to attend and create the opportunity for. But yeah, this is a good time to now look at the schools that you've already been admitted to and remind yourself, what was it about this school that I really liked? Of the schools that I have officially already been offered admissions to, if these are my options in May, how do I feel about that? Which one would I want to attend? And if you haven't gotten any admissions back that you're feeling really excited about, this is also a time to maybe add another school to your list, right? So there are later regular decision deadlines enrolling admissions for exactly this reason. So there are some great schools out there that have a regular decision deadlines coming up in February. So as students are getting decisions back, they, you know, have an opportunity to add another school if you feel like you might need one to give you options. But yeah, I agree with you, Ariel, that this is a great time also to start to get really excited about the places that are excited about you. And it makes me think back to the portal again, but, um, some of the portals that I've seen this year have done it for the students that have been admitted, have done a really good job of listing like all the upcoming activities and admissions, like admitted student day Uh events and stuff. So if, if you're a student listening and you're thinking about, oh, well, what was it about that school? And it really doesn't come to mind. I recommend going in, check the portal and see if they've listed any upcoming events, whether it's in person or virtual or something that helps you kind of gravitate back to what, why did I put that on my list to begin with? Um, Or it might spark something new. I had a student the other day who the university had an admitted event and the student and her uh, family got to go to a basketball game too. And that was like a part of their experience. And that just solidified it. Like, I think she needed that thing. So Mm -hmm. if you're looking for that thing, 
<laughs> I recommend going to the amazing portal to find yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I know those portals, they, yeah, they've definitely come a long way. I mean, back back in the day when I started in admissions, I read paper files and students had to call and say, hey, can you tell me if you've received X? And then I had to reach out to, I could look up this very, very primitive um, system that was kind of clunky that we had that I could kind of see what had been received or not. But a lot of times it required me going up to our processing office and saying, can you pull so-and-so's file and tell me if we've received this? And so to go from that to now, the portals that, and even when I left admissions, we were, we were all um, digital, but yeah, to now see that all the students have access to the colleges really are trying to communicate with the students and get as much relative um, information in front of them as they can. And a lot of it does come through those portals. So if there's parents listening, that's another great thing to do. Just have your students sit down with you and show, have them show you the portals and what information is in there. A lot of them also have their financial aid in there. So it's great. But yeah, if you're deferred, get in that portal, take control over the things you can control and release yourself of the pressure of the things that you can't. Yeah. And scroll to the bottom. And scroll to the bottom. And the last thing, please remember, deferral does not mean denied. They are different words for a reason. If you were denied, you were denied. But deferred, most schools are not going to defer a student just to string them along. Right. Right. If a a college is not going to defer a student who isn't at all likely to be admitted. So they're saying there's still a chance. It does not mean you're guaranteed to be admitted. Don't hear that. But it does mean that there's still a chance. Deferral does not mean denied. So just more information is needed. And please use that information in the way that's going to best serve you in your college process. Yeah. And if you're a student working with Advantage College Planning, reach out to us. We're here to walk you through this process. Mm -hmm. Um, Parents, same thing. We're here for you. So um, Gina, that was really helpful. And you explained the deferral process in a really digestible way. Great. So I appreciate that. And I thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I always love chatting with you. 